Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster tempur-pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details there's a part of me. I, I don't again, I vintage Deshaun Watson is such a high bar, Dustin. Um to yeah. me, I I think there's a chance we see it this year, but but I, I think the chances are probably fifty fifty that we see the best of Deshaun this year. Right. I I think there's a good chance that Deshaun looks really, really good, even with the weather on on Saturday. Because one, I think this is the kind of game I think he might have to run a little bit more, and I don't mean designed runs. 
he might be running for his life a little bit in this game because that's a really physical Ravens front. Well, the last time these two teams played, that defense was not the same defense. And uh, I, I can't remember the kid. Um, Ajabo's come back off injury. Um, Justin Houston's played really well. They've added a couple more veterans up front. This is a different defensive front than we saw when the Browns almost beat them with that Amari Cooper walk-off touchdown, well, walk-off, about three minutes left in the game, and, and lost uh, before the uh, the Bengals game. It's kind of funny. Like, the Bengals, completely different team than the one you saw in Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I think this Ravens team is completely different as well. Obviously, they're missing Lamar, but I think defensively, they're a lot tougher. And I think because of that, because you have uh, a, a more of a finesse offensive line right now, guys who are not as physical, going up against a very physical front, I think Deshaun's going to run a little bit. And I actually think that's a good thing for the Browns. I think the Browns have slow played that because they don't want to get him injured, and I totally get that. I don't think they have a choice in this game. And I think if you can get him moving, um, I think that's going to loosen that defense up a little bit. And if you loosen that defense up a little bit, uh, on some of those runs, some of those scrambles, then I think all of a sudden Nick Chubb is going to be able to get going. You get Nick Chubb going, and all of a sudden you got a run game, and all of a sudden you, you know only one of these teams should be able to pass down the field consistently, and it is the Browns because of Deshaun. I think we're going to see the best iteration of Deshaun to this point, and it would not surprise me if we all kind of win or lose, come out of this game saying, "Damn, like okay, Deshaun, we're 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 on to where." we're starting to really trust that that talent and that skill. I, I really hope that that is accurate, and you're right about that, because I really do want to feel good about Deshaun going forward, because I'm I'm worried, you know? He looked he looked better last week, but still not back to himself. Yeah. And it's probably unfair to think that he would be back to himself after just a couple of games, after not playing for, you know, multiple years. But if we don't start to see some of that by the end of the season, it's really going to lower the expectations and make fans, including myself, feel like, man, is, was this really worth it? Because yeah, we just wasted a season. It's so funny. You could see really good things from Deshaun before the end of the season, and I still think the Browns could make a, a big change at their coaching staff. Like, if you go 0-4, Deshaun looks a lot better as each game goes on. You, you could still see Kevin Stefanski get fired. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people... Um, I don't think anybody else, I don't think you're going to hear anybody in the media say, oh yeah, Kevin Stefanski's in danger. I think if it happens, it's going to happen kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, and you know what, while we're at it, I think we can play the Mary Kay Cabot clip here where, uh, I thought she brought up an interesting angle to Kevin Stefanski and his job security when she was on, uh, with Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima this morning. I-, I wonder how much of this holds water now that we're a few weeks removed. So is Stefanski safe no matter what? I think so. I mean, you know, we heard Andrew Barry right at the bye week say that they feel exactly the same way about him now as they did when they first hired him. What has changed since then? They haven't had Deshaun Watson. He hasn't had an opportunity to coach the elite quarterback yet. Now, yes, this is going to be important to see what he does with Deshaun. But in the event that they need something else in terms of offense or play calling or whatever the case may be, they'll look at all of that. They'll do those after action reports, but I certainly don't think that Kevin Stefanski is on the hot seat. And Mary Kay talked about, well, Andrew Barry came out in the bye week and gave 
Uh, Kevin Stefanski, a glowing endorsement. I believe in Kevin Stefanski now as much as I I did when we hired him. That's paraphrasing what Andrew Barry had to say. Um, I totally get that. And listen, I'm not saying that the Browns don't feel that way. I'm just saying at the bye week, I was right there with Andrew Barry. I mean, I had somebody text me uh, or, or tweet me earlier at Nick Wilson says on Twitter and Instagram at Dustin Fox 37, both places as well. And I had somebody say, oh, you were just giving him credit last week. Yeah. More information. You're allowed to change your, your, your opinion when you get more information. So at the bye week, I was right there with Andrew Barry and then the Dolphins game happened. And, and you know what? I think this Bengals loss is is almost as bad as the Dolphins lost, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, listen, I don't think you played hard at all against the Dolphins. I, I think there were selective players that played hard, but I don't think you played as a team, and I don't think you came out with half the focus that you had against Cincinnati, uh, that, that you didn't play with half that focus against Miami. But this Bengals game, you might have played hard. There might have been a lot of guys playing hard. But you played sloppy, you played unorganized, and in the end, you played uninspired. That's true. So, I think two games in five games where we're either talking about focus, effort, preparedness, whatever, that should be enough to change the information here. So, I wanted to ask you, Dustin, should the Browns' opinion of Kevin Stefanski have changed since the bye? You, should Andrew Barry's opinion of what he said going into the bye, should that have softened at any bit over the last five games? Uh, no. Why not? I, I don't know. I mean, what? Are you flip-flopping on, on Stefanski on me? I'm not flip-flopping on Stefanski. It's okay if you are. It's a safe place. I, I'm in between. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of changed by the day, to be honest with you. Yeah? Because there's there are moments where I, I think back to certain times where Stefanski's done some good things. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the recency bias where I think back to the game on Sunday. I'm like, oh my God, the, you know, the fourth and one play, the going after the punter. Like there's so many things that are on the coach that makes me concerned. Mm-hmm. And then I go back. I'm like, all right, you know, this guy's done some good things. He's, he's had great game plans for first quarters where they've gone down and got points mm-hmm. and they, they have taken advantage of teams. So it's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll say this much, man. The final four games, 100% will determine his fate. Yeah, I agree. I, I said earlier, I think this thing can go from Kevin Stefanski might feel a little heat right now. And by the way, I don't believe – I all the time I hear people say, oh, there's no heat here. There's no – it's the NFL. Even if the owner isn't saying, hey, win this game or you're fired, there's heat in the NFL. We're, we're kind of in the time of year where you feel heat regardless of whether your owner's breathing down your neck or your GM's bringing, breathing down your neck or whatever because there's so much pressure on any given week to win any game. I do think I would be disappointed if Andrew Barry was sitting right next to us and the microphones weren't on and you and I were having an off-the-record conversation. Mm-hmm. If Andrew said, no, nah, I haven't swayed one bit. I don't, I don't feel uh, even 1% uh, more doubt than I did at the bye week. And I would say, then please explain the Miami game and the Bengals game. And in those five games, their three losses are against the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Bengals. Three teams that they should play up to. They have as much talent as anybody on that, except 
the Bills. I think the Bills are the most talented team in the NFL, even as currently banged up, even without Tredavious White. So they play down to those teams. Two of those games were routes. One of those games turned out to be kind of more of a lopsided game late in that game. The two teams you've beaten are the Buccaneers, who've not played good football in the second half, who I believe now are two games below 500, and the Houston Texans, who are going to have the number one pick in the draft. That doesn't mean I'm here to fire. And I, and I and if if Andrew Barry's already made up his mind on firing Kevin Stefanski, I'd be concerned right. that big of a change in five weeks. But if you don't look at that new section of information and say, what the hell has happened here? If the Browns organization falls back on, well, Jacoby Brissett, then these guys are already fired. It doesn't matter if it happens in this week or or you know two years from now. If any organization, as smart as they are, and I'm I'm talking Paul D. Podesta, wicked smart. Wicked I'm, smart. I'm talking Andrew Barry. I know that dude's smart. I know that guy knows football. I know Kevin Stefanski knows football. But if these guys internally, and if if Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry, if Jimmy Haslam is hearing these guys say, oh, but Jacoby Brissett, then they're BSing you. It, and that's, they're too smart to be so coy about what has happened here. And I agree. You lose to the Ravens, and how you lose matters. Yes. But you lose to the Ravens. There's a slippery slope here where all of a sudden the Saints game could be tough. And by the way, it shouldn't be. Andrew Andy Dalton's a slappy. That's not a good team. That's your worst team left on the schedule. You've got the Commanders a week after, who are going to be trying to win that because they're trying to get into the playoffs. The Steelers are never going to stop trying to win under Mike Tomlin. Okay. Like the opportunity to go three and one, four and oh here, which is on the table, that can go into one and three or oh and four really damn quick. Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. We're playing the are we played the Mary Kay Cabot clip from the morning show today where she said she doesn't think Kevin Stefanski's in any danger, citing Andrew Barry's um Strong endorsement of Kevin Stefanski from the bye week. So I'll ask you guys, should the Browns' opinion of Kevin Stefanski have changed? Should Andrew Barry's opinion of an an endorsement of Kevin Stefanski have softened since the bye week? Steve, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Well, I think this weekend, uh, J.K. Dobbins will run for about 150 and 175 yards. Hmm. I think the Browns will get behind early. And Kevin Stefanski has proven that he is not a comeback from behind coach. You know that. So the, I'm I'm not going to use what I what I've heard of of a defense of them, Steve. And I thank you for the call, buddy. But in fairness, he's never had Deshaun Watson in a game. Where it, okay, he was behind in the Bengals game. Yeah, <laughs> so I did have that. But what I mean is, like, he's only had Deshaun Watson in two games, one of which he was down in. So. I don't know, and that's actually one of the things I want to see from Stefanski is if you get behind in the Ravens game or the Saints game or the Commanders game or the Steelers game, when it was Jacoby Brissett, he did the thing that sometimes coaches do when you don't have an identity, which is he started to throw the ball. He started to throw the ball a lot. You do that with a backup quarterback, you damn sure better do that with Deshaun Watson if you fall behind. Oh, my God. I mean, we've talked about this many times. If you're throwing the ball 35 times with Brissett, 
when you get Watson back out there, you may be seeing games where he throws the ball 50 times. And I, I think this game, I don't know. It's still bad. You also have to play the game. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still I mean, probably it, it, best. If you're down 7-3, it doesn't mean you got to sit back there in the gun and sling it around in 25-mile-an-hour winds when it's you know 30 degrees. Yeah, it's still probably best that this game is a Deshaun throws the ball uh, you know, 32 times and you run the ball 25 times. There is a scenario where you see Deshaun throw a lot. I don't think the Browns should throw out externally any doubt in Kevin Stefanski. Right? I don't think they've done so much in terms of the way they're perceived as an organization where that would help them in a coaching search. But anybody who's been around, you guys know this because you've been around so many coaching searches, we've had plenty of coaches who have a job, who the team is back publicly, and they do stuff back channel in back channels to either uh, gauge assessment of said coach right? External options, old GMs, advisors, this kind of stuff, or they've started head coaching searches on a low low. I think at the very least, the Browns should really, really seriously be evaluating Kevin Stefanski. I am not anywhere close to being able to say Kevin Stefanski should be fired. I hope that we're wrong about Kevin Stefanski as a leader of men. But just because Andrew Barry said during the bye week, Oh, I still believe in him. One, executives lie. They they teams do lie. That's a, that's a fair thing to say. And two, between the Dolphins and Bengals games, I would be a little worried if I'm the Browns. I my my feelings on Kevin's I the Kevin Stefanski apologist have been shaken on this one, Dusty. You're not an apologist anymore. Ooh, I like that. That feels like a good like action movie line. I'm not an apologist anymore. That's the only one I got. I can't do slice Just, just go straight, straight. Yeah. Straight Arnold. Yeah. I will not apologize to you get or to, for you. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper and fire Stefanski. Ah. That, you, that just destroys. Can you do my, a, uh, a fire Stefanski in the uh, in Doc Brown? Marty! We got to get to DeLorean. We got to make sure we fire Stefanski, Marty. He's taking the Browns down the drain, Marty. You got to always throw the Marty. Throw the Marty. Yeah. It's good. That's well done. Thank you. 216-578-0092. Feels all warm and fuzzy here. Eugene, how we doing, buddy? Good. What do you got for us? Um, well, I, I think he should be fired. But I'm sick and tired of getting a coach every couple, three years. He's done nothing good. His game plan, he can, he, can, he can coach the first drive. That's about it. Then after that, they're horrible. They can't tackle. Ward's hurt every other week. I mean, I think we got coachable players and the talent, but he, they can't bring it to, to coming to the top. All right, Eugene, we appreciate it, buddy. I do feel like we're on the verge of just having to do a Kevin Stefanski pros and cons. Like like when I when when I was deciding whether to come home or not, I, you know, I, with the family, I'm trying to illustrate the thinking of my decision, where I'm at. I want to get everybody on, you know, Mrs. Wilson, how do you feel about this? Little baby girls, how do you feel about this? And I drew up a big pros and cons thing. Uh, I feel like we're there with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, pros, I love his aggressiveness. I actually think that's how you win in the NFL. I think you're going to see a lot more of that as the NFL goes on and as guys like Ron Rivera 
some of the older school coaches tend to to you know retire or or move on. I do I think the aggressiveness is a good thing. I also think as a game planner offensively, I think he's fantastic. I don't have a lot outside of the fourth and one swap for Jacoby Brissett. There are a lot of times where I'm like, I really like that play design, or I really like the decision to be aggressive there. All right. Um, I wonder how much talent has held him back in games offensively, but defensively, there is no defense. And that starts with the guy he hired and has been overly loyal to in Joe Woods. And I still don't know cons wise that he's a good leader. And that scares the crap out of me. Something else that I've been thinking about for the last 24 hours since we had Vinny Serrato on last night Mm -hmm. is one thing that is a question you asked Vinny about John Harbaugh in analytics. And you asked Vinny, you said, you know, they're one of the biggest analytics teams in the league. How do they use that? And I I loved his response because he he brought up a good point. He's, He's like, well, you know, Harbaugh uses analytics when necessary. But he also uses the human element, too, because he'll look at certain things and say, man, they're down two corners, so we're going to go for two. Mm-hmm. Like, based off of certain things in the game, you use it to your advantage. I feel like Stefanski, in those situations, I don't think he does that enough. I think he just goes, because, like, you have to realize your limitations, too. Like, who do you have? You've got a backup quarterback in Brissett, and sometimes... In, instead of going for that, like maybe you just take the three points, you know, know your personnel, know their personnel. Yeah. And I, I think what's funny is I think recently, and I think the morning show has done a good job of pointing this out. I think recently he's been more erratic with the decisioning behind it. Right. Like, I don't think he's gone straight analytics the last uh, seven weeks, maybe and this is a Baltimore game. And the reason why that's a problem is you can't go all in on analytics and then, oh, now I'm going to do the gut thing, right? Like, Because then you're going against grain. You're going against the type of your organization. Right? Yeah. The, the alignment that this organization has so uh, effortlessly and consistently talked about, the alignment of these three guys. You can't be, I'm an all-analytics guy, and then, you know, five games left, 10 games left in your third season, be like, guys, I'm, I'm going with my gut now, occasionally. That's really dangerous because then all of a sudden you are kind of playing with with forces there because you're going against your own belief system. Let's go with uh, Bobby. Dang it, Bobby. Welcome to the show. Hello, Bobby. I really thought Bobby had potential in terms of callers. I really – the name – He's from Northeast Ohio. Chavis. Chavis. How you guys doing? Doing well, buddy. What you got for us? So I got a couple questions. Uh, number one, do you think uh, Deshaun Watson has a lot of pressure on him being in front of the home fans this weekend after choosing Cleveland with that trade? And then second of all, do you think Deshaun Watson would have any say in Kevin Stefanski being the coach next year? Yeah, we talked about – so for the, the pressure thing, I think you're more on that Deshaun has pressure this weekend than I am. I actually think being at home, even though it's his first game, I actually think it might take some of the pressure off of him. Yeah. Um, Because since there's not a lot of playoff pressure, like, I mean, Deshaun's kind of playing with house money. 
And this is going to probably be the first time he's more cheered than booed in a stadium. So it's going to feel like he, well, even if there's 20% of people booing him, it's going to feel like he's walking out to like a, a gladiator celebration. Yeah. Here. Um, so I don't necessarily buy there's a lot of pressure on him in this game, but the Deshaun thing is interesting. And I made this point, and I think it's really interesting. Deshaun and his agent, a big a big reason and idea, and I've heard this reported a few different places, and I heard it uh, you know, through back channels as well. That was my way of saying I have a source. It's one guy. No. Um, I have heard that one of the reasons why David Mulligetta and Deshaun Watson wanted out of Houston was they, they wanted to kind of um, – start leading a push to more have that kind of player power that you see in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. And that this was a moment of of leadership almost. And I think if you saw it, one of the reasons why Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle was he didn't feel like he had a big enough say in the in the personnel and who his OC was and what the, the play calls were. I think Kevin Stefanski has probably done everything he can to ingratiate himself and build a relationship with Kevin Stefanski or with uh, Deshaun Watson. But in the end, I would assume you got traded here. You forced your way here. I would assume part of the, the, the decision and part of the reason he chose Cleveland on top of $230 million guaranteed, I would assume that there was an agreement that if he had philosophical problems with the offensive direction of the team, that he would be able to voice them. I, I, don't, I don't know that he can just walk in and say, fire this bum, but I also think that Deshaun's voice does – I think Deshaun is very, and his agency. I, oh, think I, I, I don't think Deshaun Watson would ever walk into anyone's office and say, "Get rid of this guy." No, I but, think I think that his representation would. Yes, and so I so yes, I do think his opinion of Kevin Stefanski would matter. If Deshaun Watson goes into this offseason unhappy with who's calling the plays or who's the coaches, and makes it clear to the front office, like he's got that much clout. Like there's very few players in the NFL that have that much power over an organization. Um, maybe just a handful. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. Let's go with Nick. Welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hello? Hey, Nick. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. Yeah, so kind of like continuing with that conversation, though, like Watson's on record saying he sat with Stefanski during the recruiting pitch, and they talked ball the whole time. And for I, I just think like for Stefanski to only have a certain amount of games with him, not even a full season, I, I just don't see them letting go, letting him go for that. Like, I don't know if that's just good optics or what. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I would say is, though, um, it, it's funny because we just talked about the the power part of this, Nick. If he's a disappointment as a head coach in general, should his play calling ability or or Deshaun Watson liking his play calling ability, should that save him? I would imagine if it, it could go both ways there. I don't know. But... I just think that puts the organization in a tough spot. If you look at a coach and say, man, he's just not the kind of leader we need. I mean, I think you probably have to run it by Deshaun, but if Deshaun is like, no, 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 my, my interests are, he does, he calls the plays I want and that's all I care about. I think that puts you in a really rough situation. It'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. And I, again, I think the final four games, big audition. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Huge. Huge. Gigantic. Huge. Huge. Oh, yeah. All right, real quick here. Let's go with Bobby. Bobby, you got 30 seconds, buddy. What you got for us? I'm back, baby. I'm back. How you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, yeah, like a, lead, a leader of men, um, we have actually t- two in our division uh, with Tomlin um, and, and Harbaugh. They actually show, show show that they care. I mean, you can see with the field play last week, Stefanski looked like he was uh, asking him what Christmas present he wanted instead of really getting in his ear. And, um, you know, um, Watson threw the ball 42 last week, and guy hasn't played in 700 games or 700 days. Um, really unfortunate because I don't think 25 other quarterbacks threw it 42 times. Um, Got to run that ball before you can pass it. Um, you guys take it easy. Have a great holiday. All right, Bobby. You too, buddy. Thanks for the call, and thanks for calling back for us there. Zach Meisel of The Athletic on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Zach, welcome to the show, bud. What's going on, gentlemen? Not a whole lot. I mean, well, I guess that's not entirely true. The Guardian's active in the hot stove. Um, what do you think of the moves for Josh Bell and Mike Zanino so far? I would say they're solid, necessary. Um, certainly fill the needs that I think anyone who paid five seconds of attention to this team last season could have identified. Um, I think the Josh Bell move in particular is, I think that's a perfect marriage just in terms of what he brings at the plate. You know, he, he walks a lot, doesn't strike out a ton for a power hitter. And he seems pretty convinced that he'll benefit from not having defensive shifting like he has seen in the past, um, which kind of scared him away from pulling the ball and trying to hit line drives to right field. So I think he's a really good fit. He is a really good fit. He's only going to be a really good fit for one year. So uh, there would still be work to do a year from now. But And then at the catching 
side of things, I mean, they needed something. And they got, I think, an upgrade over Austin Hedges. It's just there's no way to know how much of an upgrade. Um, and I think after everyone was sort of teased with the Sean Murphy talks for the last five months, maybe it seems like a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but it's 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 something. Uh, like This lineup should be better than it was a year ago uh, pretty considerably. I would say. So I think that's a good thing. You know, I, I have questions about whether there are still some upgrades to make maybe on the outskirts of the roster. Could they still use another right-handed stick to platoon with Josh Naylor? Is there any way they could upgrade the rotation? Um, I don't know that we'll have an answer to those things uh, anytime soon. Maybe those happen later in the off season. Maybe they happen over the summer. Um, so, so far I'm with you. I mean, like it's, it's been a good start. I think they were two critical moves they needed to make, but maybe there's more to do moving forward. So with that, uh, Murphy goes to to the Braves. Do we know how close or, or where uh, the Guardians were kind of in the pecking order for him at, at the finish line? No, that's always tough to say because these teams aren't truthful to each other, let alone to uh, the media. So it's it's. Uh, and and the the thing that makes it difficult, and I know fans don't always want to hear this, and, and I get it, but you know, just because someone is ranked on MLB Pipeline as the number one prospect doesn't mean that 30 teams believe that that's that team's number one prospect. So when you see what it was reported that Oakland asked from the Cardinals for Sean Murphy, that seemed like a ton. And then I think some fans are saying, okay, well, that's, that's not going to happen because then they're going to want – player X and player Y from Cleveland. And, and I, I think that they wanted quite a bit in terms of prospects from Cleveland. Um, and then you see the final results, what they got from Atlanta, and it, it doesn't compute because they didn't get uh, elite prospects from the Braves or the Brewers in that trade. So it's just important to remember that teams value players very differently, especially young players and prospects. And because of that, it's, it's tough to decipher exactly where things stood. I think it's fair to say you know, Cleveland has been talking to the Athletics about Sean Murphy since July, and there were a lot of talks right before the trade deadline, and there were more talks this offseason at the winter meetings. So I think when you're involved to that degree for that long, I think it's fair to say that they were maybe close at points or, or there was there were certain times when it seemed like they'd eventually reach a deal. Um, but you never know if you finish in second place or if you were – nowhere close to, to the final offer because I think these conversations can change over time and they're they're different with different teams. Is there a chance, Zach, that they could bring in another veteran catcher? Yeah. Chris Antonetti actually kind of hinted at that today, um, saying that they're open to it. It's something they're going to look at. It, it's, it's tricky. I mean, Bo Naylor, he could be ready by opening day to play – some role uh, I don't think they want him to catch 140 games as a rookie and while they're trying to, to win a division and make a deep playoff run I think they feel like that's a lot of responsibility on his plate and maybe he's capable and, and can handle it but I don't think they want to be forced into doing that um, you know Mike Zanino had a pretty significant injury last season and only played 30 some games they think he's going to be ready to go come spring training he thinks he's going to be ready to go he's already throwing and, and hitting off a tee, things like that. So 
But, uh, you know, you look at this, and if, if you are convinced that you don't want Bo Naylor on the opening day roster because you want him to get a little more seasoning in AAA, then, yeah, I think it's, it is another area where you could find someone who can catch twice a week. I think that would be beneficial. Zach, um, I, we just saw Carlos Correa, 13-year deal. Bryce Harper, a couple years ago, I think it was a 12-year deal. Aaron Judge, 10-year deal. And the, every one of these contracts just appears egregiously stupid to me, no matter how good the player is. And it's just wild to me that a sport – uh, that is inhabited almost exclusively of Harvard executives, of, of Ivy League executives, have allowed this trend not just to continue but to explode. Do you think we're ever getting to a point where Major League Baseball cracks down on these excessively long deals? So if you thought that the labor negotiations a year ago were tiresome and just frustrating and maddening and um, yeah, just wait till 2027 because it's going to be a bloodbath and like it's it could take forever to solve because, you know, this thing is cyclical. I feel like there were a lot of really long term exorbitant contracts handed out, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And then maybe teams got a little more cautious and you realize how much how burdensome it is to carry Albert Pujols's. I don't know, $30 million a year for the last five years of his career when he's limping to the finish line. Miguel Cabrera, the Tigers are paying him 30 some million this season. And, you know, he's like a corpse at this point. So it's, it's, you would have thought that teams would have learned. I think some have, you know, market size plays a role in this too. I don't think the you know, the giants aren't going to be in deep pain when they're paying Carlos Correa $29 million when he's 40 years old, but, you know, I look at a team like San Diego that has handed out mega contracts to Tatis and to Xander Bogarts now, who like is probably going to move off shortstop pretty soon, and he's still going to be being paid till he's 41. Um, Manny Machado, like they're going to have to. What are they going to do with Juan Soto in a year? So, a team like that that isn't New York, it's not San Francisco, it's not LA. Um, it's a pretty comparable market to Cleveland, honestly, and and they they're handing out all these contracts. And I'm not. I'm never going to scold a team for spending money because we should encourage that. And like Steve Cohen is what the Mets have done, where their payroll is going to be three hundred some million dollars. It's pretty ridiculous. But at the same time, maybe it creates some conversations that we need to have in baseball, where we need more owners who aren't obsessed with every dollar and every cent that comes in and goes out, um, and and just for the health of the sport. Um, you know, maybe there can be some sort of salary floor, salary cap in the future. I'm skeptical. You need better sharing in general of revenues um, like the NFL has. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. But I, I just wonder, like, what are the Padres going to be like in five, six years when they're paying these 35-year-olds a ton of money and they have to still try to put a team around them? I don't know. I, like This is all headed in a very interesting place. I'm not sure exactly where it goes, but it'll create some necessary, uncomfortable conversations ahead of what should be a pretty uh, painful labor negotiation in 2027. So I, I, you kind of hinted at it there for a second, but we got about 45 seconds here, Zach. Um, 
If you're baseball, how do you fix or try to address the financial gap between, say, the uh, 1% of baseball, the big market teams, and teams like the Cleveland Guardians and the Kansas City Royals and so on and so forth? You want me to fix baseball in 45 seconds? Please do. I need somebody to, Zach. It's driving me crazy. I don't know the answer, but I just know that the reason the NFL is so popular, a big reason, is because it doesn't matter if Kansas City and Tampa Bay are in the Super Bowl because a hundred some million people are going to watch. It doesn't matter market size. The the Chiefs didn't have to worry about whether they'd be able to afford to keep Patrick Mahomes. You know, every market is equal in the NFL, and the way baseball shares its revenues and has its individual TV contracts, like that's not going to happen. So, what's they, the holdup on that? Is that owners or is that players? It's it's. It's owners, but it's it's more just like the the league, like just the the way it's been for forever, and and like the monumental changes you'd have to make, and the big markets would never give up what they get. You know, if you're like like the Dodgers, I don't know what, off the top of my head what their TV contract is, but it's it's exponentially larger than half the league's teams' TV contracts. So. Um, you know, it, it, you can criticize the Guardians for not spending money, and, and I can't argue with you whatsoever on that, but you could probably criticize the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets for not spending even more than they already spend. It's just everything about baseball is imbalanced, and it creates situations like this where the very best players reach free agency, and they know that there are only going to be a handful of teams involved in, in bidding for them. Zach, great stuff, buddy. Uh, really do appreciate all your time and analysis, and happy holidays. Same to you guys. Thank you so much. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.